Let it wash over you guys. That's Alicia Keys. <laughs> I'm a musician. That is Alicia Keys. Uh, and that is all that I know of that song. And uh, I don't even know if any of it was recognizable. One second. I, I need someone else on the podcast to just shut the door. That's all I need. I don't need a producer. I just need someone to shut the door after I get done. Playing my victory piano. Uh, for anyone who's listening for the first time and you're wondering what the fuck is happening, uh, this is uh, a podcast called Gambling for Shoes, where we gamble for shoes. And uh, I just won a pair last week, thanks to uh, my first NBA bet of the season. And when we win, we play the, uh, the victory piano. Uh, I have no idea how to play music at all. I just get on there and bang on it like I'm an orangutan. Orangutan? Orangutan. Orangutan. I don't know. But you know what I'm talking about. Those things. Uh, and when we lose, we play the grieving drum, uh, <laughs> which is a, kind of a weird steel drum. It's, it doesn't matter. Um, guys, thanks for being here. Really appreciate everyone who takes the time to listen to this very, very important podcast. Uh, the number one apocalypse-proof gambling podcast in the nation. Uh, I'll be your host. My name is Jack Snodgrass, former professional baseball player, current stand-up comedian in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, here's the basis of the podcast. After a professional baseball, I was left with kind of like a foot fungus that was forced me to get rid of all of my shoes. All right, so I had to trash them all. Eventually, I will be documenting that on Instagram. I just you know, I just, social media, sometimes, I'm just not in a rush. <laughs> but, I, okay, so I had to get rid of shoes, and now I need new shoes. But, in order to kind of, like, keep my balance of how much I'm gambling and how many shoes I'm buying, I'm just trying to gamble for every pair of shoes. So, basically, I make a bet. If I win, I, bear, I buy shoes. The end. The three people that listen to this podcast are like, dude, you don't have to keep telling us. We're well aware. But you know, we get, we, we, the, the, the onslaught of demand is, is quite high. So we're growing. We're really starting a movement. One day I'll be tricking you all to coming to my comedy shows. It's going to be hilarious. Um, Speaking of comedy shows, dude, I had a I, comedy was very cool this week. Well, hold on, real quick. Last week we, we we bet on Tyrese Halliburton to go over in his combined points, assists, and rebounds, and he killed that. I was at the game, Pacers Wizards. It was basically like a minor league basketball game, but it was still sick. The NBA is so sick; those guys are awesome to watch. Um, yeah, I'm I like I said. Most of my good gambling ability is uh, totally, it's only in football. That's the only thing I've been able to really handle. Baseball here and there because I play it and kind of like understand a little bit. But basketball, I don't really know anything. But uh, we do have a pick this week. It is NBA. We do have shoes. So we'll get to that. But uh, I'm just trying to update. I'm trying to do, do a better job of just giving some context as to what exactly is going on because this is i i figured it out this is an anti-podcast you know it's everything that modern day podcasts are not you know because i was listening i listened to some other sports gambling podcasts i had a comedian on there and there's the production was insane and it's like is that is that what people need do they need the like theme music do you need i don't know i feel like that's just all loud noises and like 
you know, I guess production value helps because it makes you want to feel like you're listening to a legitimate thing. But hey, this podcast has commercials. God damn it. And you know what? Just because you were saying, I don't know about this podcast, whether or not it's real, I'm about to read a commercial. God damn it. Okay, so this this ad is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I think they want me to, to read this like uh, <laughs> like I just happened to start talking about Athletic Greens. But guess what? I'm, I'm in here by myself. Alright, so there's just no way to genuinely read. I hope that some of, some of you are actually going to enjoy this. Alright, so guys, <laughs> guys, I mean, guys, it says please personalize and it's highlighted. So here we go. I mean, guys, hey, what's up you guys? Uh, tons of people take a multivitamin and it's important to choose one that is top quality, you know? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. Huh, that's interesting. This special blend of ingredients helps support gut health, their nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle-friendly, adapting to a wide range of diets. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals or artificial anything. Plus, it costs less than $3 per day. This part I have to, I really, here we go. This part's important, apparently. It's time to reclaim your health, goddammit, and your immune system with, with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. It's just one scoop. Do you not love yourself? That's it. I'm ad-libbing. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you, whoa, a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Free dye vitamin D. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. To take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance, you pussy! Okay, uh, some of that was me doing my own thing, but for the most part I read that verbatim. Wow. Is that what this podcast should be? I'll just read commercials. I feel invigorated. I want to spend some fucking money. Woo! I had some athletic greens today. That's not true. I did have an edible. uh, And I stretched afterwards. So, uh, <laughs> so guys, I want to talk about uh, this week. Last week, I said I would talk about like, kind of like my uh, how I got out of baseball and into comedy. So I'll do that. I'll see if I can knock that story out. Uh, I don't know. I, these podcasts I'm trying to keep short, you know, because you guys have busy lives. You know, this is the anti podcast. So three hours, it's never going to happen. This thing's this some bitch is going to be sleek. 25, 30 minutes tops. I'm going to, I'm going to start having people on. I really am. Uh, I just not really sure in what capacity and I'm just going to keep teasing you. Yeah. Our first guest podcast. Um, so, but this weekend was super sick. So, all right. So I'm three and a half years into comedy, which is still brand new, dude. Brand new. I mean, it's, it's, it's a way better than being six months into comedy, but you know, three and a half years, it's not very long, but I, I've gotten a couple nice like opportunities this year, and this last weekend I, I hosted at the Liberty Funny Bone in 
Liberty Township, which is basically uh, Cincinnati, uh, for Josh Wolf, who has a pretty large following. Uh, two of the four shows were sold out, and that was like over 400 people. I had never performed in the, in in front of a crowd that big. Uh, I, the most I'd ever done was probably like 200, 250. Um, so 400. It was cool though. For somehow, dude, comedy is easier when there's more people there. It can be wild, like if people are drunk or they're heckling, and it's just like a bigger animal to try to like uh, what uh, trick into listening to you. But at a comedy club, it, it's for some reason because everyone's wants to be there, so everyone's expecting you to be funny, you know. So they're watching you. Whereas if you're doing it in a bar, you know what you're doing is can be really arbitrary at times. So. It's easier to get the room. If that makes sense. But anyway, it was a uh, it was awesome. It was so sick. Uh, Josh Wolf, you should definitely check him out. Um, we got to hang out a little bit uh, during the shows. Super super cool dude. He was very generous with me, just in terms of like, you know, because I was trying to be cool, you know, and just kind of like lay low. But we actually got to I got to pick his brain a little bit about comedy. Uh, he was sick. So uh, thanks to Josh Wolf. And Stephen Randolph, who was who was featuring a comic from L.A., uh, does stuff at the Comedy Store. It, it was cool, man. It just because look, the last two years in comedy, whoo, I mean, it's it just been tough. Obviously, COVID's been tough everywhere, but I, I, there you could make the argument that COVID was designed to destroy stand-up comedy. You know that it, let's let's just go with the bit that COVID was created by evil scientists to hurt the earth, and they were just they were so tired of hearing everyone's. You know, they watched some Carrot Top and they were like, never, no more. COVID will wipe out, will wipe out the live performing arts. I don't even know if Carrot Top is a bad comic. I I don't even think that's fair to say. He's made millions of dollars being funny. So if you got beef with Carrot Top, you know what? I stand with Carrot Top. Fuck you. Uh, I don't know. Is he cool? All comics are cool for the most part. All funny comics, but uh, it's the unfunny ones who are crazy. Uh, which maybe me, I don't know, but now this weekend was awesome just because dude, the last couple, the last couple years, it's just been really tough. Just comedy has just, the world has not been conducive for comedy. So as a young comic coming up through COVID, it's just been, you know, a good night of comedy is few and far between. I mean, you can have fun at open mics and, and like get new jokes or work and all that stuff, but you actually when you're in a club like that, you actually feel like you're doing it. You're like, oh, this is why I do nine open mics a week and travel two hours for five minutes and ride every day and all that shit. So it was, it's just cool um, to see, have the comedy universe, you know, shoot me some mana from the heavens. So, yeah, but so I, comedy, man, it's, it's, it's been awesome. It's been such a wonderful. I'm so thankful that uh, that I found it because outside after you quit playing professional baseball, you know, I'm just I'm not uh, I, I I enter the real world and I just have a much different perspective than everyone else. I'm used to the locker room. I'm used to everyone being you know hyper focused, hyper driven. Everyone's worried about performance and all that stuff. And then the rest of the world doesn't run that fast. Um, so I found myself in an office job and like, you know, like, dude, this, this can't be it. This cannot be the end. This cannot be life. Like I, I refuse that. So I'd always had like a creative 
muscle uh, that I've always been trying to express. Like, I look back at like my childhood and shit, and like, mm, I, I like to draw, and I was like creating comics and stuff like that. And uh, and, and while I was still playing baseball, I actually wrote a couple screenplays. They were they're a nightmare. I mean, they're they're they would they set back writing. It's bad. They're terrible. But uh, I didn't know what to do. I just had this. I had this itch to create shit. I remember one time in college, I I, I had, it was like high for the first time ever, and I was like, I want to write a movie, dude. Yeah, dude, I want to write a movie. And eventually, I I started to try, but I think I wrote like three, and it was fun. But it was ultimately the exercise of a of a crazy person because you know you'll never know if that's good. Stand up, I can find out if a joke is good tonight. You know, if an idea works, you could write, you could spend in a year ruminating and perfecting your screenplay and you won't even know if it's good or not, you know, and I, it just not the kind of energy I was down with. So, um, I actually had another podcast before this one. It was a wrestling podcast. I was called, called the cheeky jobbers. It was me and my brother. We were trying to like connect the dots between professional wrestling and us history. It was some really highbrow shit. Uh, but eventually it was kind of exhausting. It's like, what are we even doing? And we, we kind of fizzled out and, uh, but we learned a lot and you know, it's, it's helped with this one. I think, I mean, you guys can't tell, you can't tell you're in the hands of a fucking, a podcast pro right now, (laughs) but, uh, yeah. So I just always had this like desire to, do something. And I'd always, always loved stand-up comedy my whole life. My whole life. I remember listening to like Bill Cosby tapes when I was like four or five, you know, and just being so entertained by them. And then my entire life, I just was always gravitated. But it was just one of those things that was like on my nose. I didn't even know it, you know, because I've always liked being funny. I've always gotten a lot of gratification out of making people laugh and all that stuff. You know, I've always been, I've always been, I was funnier way before I was good at baseball. Uh, if that if that makes sense, so um, it's been something I've been doing longer, I guess. But uh, I eventually decided to start doing comedy in the summer of 2018. I was in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, I wa- I knew I wanted to start in 2018. Once it hit, I told myself it wasn't a New Year's resolution, but I guess it kind of it was that I was like, dude, I'm getting on stage, getting on stage this year. I don't know with what or whatever, but I'm, I'm getting on stage and I'm going to commit to it for about six months, no matter what, no matter how terrible it is. Cause I had, I knew I had, I was going to have a lot of stage fright and I, I definitely did. And, um, I just knew that it was going to be ugly the first couple of times, but I was committed to, to getting on the other side of that. Um, so I, I originally in 2018, we were living in Nashville and for some reason I was a little, for some reason I was actually like spooked about, doing comedy in Nashville because I knew a lot, I kind of know a lot of people in that Nashville area and I didn't want to go up and open mic and totally embarrass myself. I, I, that's a weird, it's a weird insecurity, but I don't know, for some reason when we were in Greenville, South Carolina, I felt way more comfortable. I, first of all, I was born there. So I was like, maybe I'm returning to the womb to be reborn again as a comic. <laughs> it's the weirdest podcast ever. Definitely, if you are listening to this podcast, there is no way you listen to a weirder podcast. You know, this is your dose of it. This is this is your walk in the left-hand path. So, welcome, my child, to the path of darkness. Um, 
Yeah, so I started doing a uh, comedy that that uh, that summer, 2018. I was 30, 30 years old. 30 years old doing your first open mic and bombing. Oh, God. The bombing was so bad. Uh, the It seemed like I was up there for five minutes. which was just way too long for your first time. But, you know, I was up there talking. But it felt like I was standing in the middle of the of an interstate and cars were just zooming past me. You know, it was just... It was just insane. And when people bomb, dude, when you're when you're 19 and you bomb, people are like, "Oh, it's okay, kiddo. Like you'll you can get them next time." But when you're wearing fucking slacks and you have a a Roth IRA and you're up there bombing and people people are not supportive. They're like, "Would you get out of here and return to your normal ass life?" He says what it felt like. So I bombed even harder my second time. I wrote some jokes about homeless people, which were not good jokes. They were poorly written. They were poorly delivered. And uh, I was absolutely riddled with fear and anxiety. So you can imagine. I mean, a scared person telling homeless jokes on his second time ever doing comedy would be like if you gave a child a samurai sword and told him to go on stage and like just start swinging it. It's a disaster. (laughs) <laughs> After the second time, I was a little shaken up. I was like, dude, I can't believe I'm this bad at this. I was just trying too hard, basically. And uh, then I started to have a little bit more success. And once it, once you can start getting your first couple of laughs, dude, it, you just got to follow that laugh. I think Tinkerbell said that. Just follow the laughter, you guys. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, it's great. I, I I guess it sounds like I'm just fucking slurping myself. But I, I highly encourage you, if, if you've ever had any curiosity to do anything, ever, you should do it. Like, because I was, for some reason, drawn to comedy. And now that I do it, I understand why. Um, but if you, have, if you have something out there that you want to do but you're afraid to do or something, like, you have to do it, dude. You have, this is the only life that you have. You have to fucking do it. Otherwise, you... You'll be on your deathbed, and you'll, you'll some. I read some quote about, uh, you know, every man dies with ghosts or something. Oh my god, that is not. That, that's a. That's not even. That's not a quote. <laughs> every man dies with ghosts. It's just a, uh, just a, a soup of quotes of of shit that I've heard over my life. But uh, point is, guys, uh, follow your dreams or something. <laughs> But no, seriously, it's it's brought me so much joy, and I've it, with baseball, I felt like so much of my life was out of alignment because it was so hard. Like I always felt like I was pushing, and the door would never open. Like even even in high school and college, like I wasn't I wasn't outstanding. Uh, I had some ability and some potential, but uh, you know, I really only had maybe a few good seasons in high school and college. I didn't get good until I played professionally. Um, but it always, I, I just resistance the whole way. Whereas comedy has felt much more seamless. You know, I, I think maybe I've learned to not push so much or how to push. But because uh, in baseball, it, it always felt like I, 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 I needed. I always felt like I didn't have enough opportunity or something. I don't know. I, I just basically I wasn't that good at baseball. I know I played professionally and all that shit, but like I wasn't that talented. You know, I really kind of overachieved. Because there's guys out there who are supremely talented. They're like X-Men playing baseball. And like those guys, the, the world opens up for them. And that's that's what I'm trying to be in comedy. I'm trying to be a comedy X-Man. 
don't know if that's possible, but comedy has been a much better journey so far. I mean, it, it is hard for sure, but uh, it's way more fun. So if you got something you want to do, you want to be a gardener, hmm? You wanna, you wanna, you wanna make your own wine, dude? You should do. It. I mean, those are lame. That's super lame. But you know, do it. If your dream is terrorism, don't do that. Anyway, let's get to the shoes, huh? Uh, the shoes this week. Ooh, boy, we're collecting, guy. Right, so we've won. We've won. I think six pairs of shoes now. I think. I think that's the thing. Six pairs. So, you know, that's cool. Six pairs. I I would never buy myself six pairs of shoes just anyway. So this gambling thing is really, it's kind of this. The podcast is working. It's working. So anyway, the shoes this week. I found them on flightclub.com. They're called Killshot OG in the beetroot color. They're Nikes. Ooh, they're pretty slick. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what kind of clothes I would wear with this, but I could wear these with khakis, jeans, really anything, dude. They're they're cool. They are cool, and they're only forty nine dollars. You know, because all right, so NFL, I'm 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 going to be a little more aggressive with the size of my bets. So it's the bougie ass shoes, like I, the shoes I got for the Super Bowl, were very expensive. I mean, they're not like a thousand dollars or anything like that. Uh, but just for me, I would never buy those kind of shoes. But they're fucking sick. Um, I still haven't gotten them. They don't have my size. But when I get them, they may get their own episode. But with the NBA, I don't know anything. So I I, I have to be kind of conservative here. Uh, so forty nine dollars shoes equals a forty nine dollar bet. And the bet this week, the bet this week, the bet this week. Is a two-team money line parlay. For those of you who are like, what the fuck did you just say? A two-team money money line parlay is basically I'm picking on on the NBA games just two teams to win, not cover the spread. All they got to do is just win in combination. So tomorrow, or well, you're if you're listening to this, if you're the millions who listen to this as soon as it comes out of the oven, tomorrow, February twenty-fourth. Which is today for you, February 24th. We need the Denver Nuggets to go into Sacramento and beat the Kings. Right in their ass. And then later on, or earlier that night, we need the Boston Celtics to go into Brooklyn and kick their ass. So we need Nuggets to win and Celtics to win. And that gets us these beetroot, cool-ass shoes that I'm going to wear with khakis or something. Alright? So... That's it. That's this episode. What's the lesson? Uh, chase your dreams, unless unless it involves uh, unless it involves hurting people, lying, cheating. But who does people dream about that? I think people dream about just being successful, and they're like, you know what? I can kill this guy, and then I'll be able to get more Bitcoin or something like that. Uh, like I said, you guys, this is the craziest podcast you'll listen to today. It is the Anti-Podcast. I can't believe you're actually listening. If you are, God bless you. I love you so much. Please, help me. No, goodbye. <laughs>